Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Find your notes, if you will, or tucked inside your bulletin there. We're in a series that we've entitled Ecclesia. Now, Ecclesia is this Greek word, which the New Testament was written in, that simply means church. So we've been talking about the church because here's what Jesus said about the church. He says, I'll build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'll do this. Now, let me just make sure we understand something together. If Jesus says he's going to build his church, do you think for a moment that Satan's going to let that go unopposed? He's going to do everything he can to come against it, to falsify it, to get a fake church. He's going to do everything he can to stop it, isn't he? But he said, Jesus said, I'll build it. The gates of hell, whatever Satan does, they're not going to stop it. They won't conquer it. My church will be built. So last week we talked about the, dis- the description. We talked about how the church is a body, how it's a bride, how it's being building, it's there. And so today what we're going to look at is the doctrine of the church. What does the church believe? Now, there's a lot of churches out there, but Jesus is not building all of them. Because Satan's involved in some of this deception, isn't he? And he deceives through what you choose to believe. That's doctrine. What do we believe? Because that's important. Because what you believe determines how you behave. Do you know every action that you have in your life is because you think something's right? This is the way I should do it. This is the way it happens. And I think that way because this is what I really believe. And so you and I are constantly struggling with our belief system. And it's important that we understand that because nothing changes in your life until you change how you think. Now, let me just talk to you for just a moment about the person sitting next to you. They think their thinker's okay. They think, I'm all right, there's nothing wrong with me. It's you that has the problem, not me. Just look at them and glare at them for a moment. You know, how dare, you know. So what we have to understand is our belief system matters. As Christians, we don't get to believe whatever we want. Because Satan is going to do everything he can to call into question what God's doing. In fact, as you read the New Testament... One of the things that is emphasized in several places is this understanding that, you know what? There's going to be some problems in the church because some people are going to come in and distort the doctrine. Acts chapter 20, verse 26, Paul, uh, Luke writes and Paul's speaking. He says, look, I declare today I've been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourself and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. Here's what he says. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. People arise on that. Well, I think it says this. I believe this. 
First Timothy writes, you keep a close watch on how you live and your teaching, Timothy, because you need to stay true to what's right for the sake of your own salvation and for the salvation of those who hear you. He writes again in Second Timothy, Timothy, look, a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound, wholesome teaching. Why don't we listen to sound, wholesome teaching? Because I don't like it. I think this. They will follow their own desires, their own thoughts, and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. To Titus, he writes, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. So Paul's very aware. Look, I'm going to walk away. I've taught you the truth. I've told it to you. But when I leave, there's going to be people coming in who are going to tell you something different. And you and I live in a day and time when people don't put up with sound teaching. Tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to hear. Tell me what I like, not what I don't like. Make me feel good, don't make me feel bad. Tell me I'm okay, even though I'm not. Doctrine matters. It matters. So, as my responsibility is, I want to share with you the doctrine of the church. This is what the church believes. Not my opinion, not even my denomination's opinion, but this is what scripture, the core belief system, the core beliefs of the church. What is it that makes the church the church that Jesus is going to build? And no matter what happens, Satan won't stop it. So we're going to look at that today, and we won't get done with that today. We'll pick it up next week as well, but I'm going to just give you two things this morning that are very, very critical in what you and I have to believe. Number one, the Bible is reliable. The Bible is reliable. You can trust it. It tells you the truth. And it is reliable for you to build your life upon. 2 Timothy 3.15. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. By the way, that's why what we do with children and youth is critical because they need to know this from the very beginning. And the more they know it from the beginning, the better off for them to teach them how to think. They have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God. It wasn't written by just a bunch of men. Now men wrote it, but it was inspired by God. It was God's idea. It was God's word and he works through men to write down his word. All scripture. All of it is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Now, let me just make sure you understand something. Truth doesn't need to change. Well, the Bible's out of date. Truth never goes out of date. It's always truth. 
Well, it's not relevant. Yes, it is. It's still the truth. It tells us what is true to make us realize what is wrong with our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't like people telling me what's wrong with my life. I don't like my wife telling me what's wrong with my life. I don't want that to happen. But that's what God's word does. It tells you, here's the truth, and here's where you don't line up with what's right. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. The truth is always the truth. God wrote it. God inspired it to be written by men. It's the truth. It doesn't go out of date. It applies today. It's always true. Well, pastor, I just don't understand it of it. I mean, that Old Testament stuff, that just gets to be weird. Are we still supposed to sacrifice animals? No. Jesus says, I didn't come to do away with the Old Testament. I came to fulfill it so that you and I don't have to sacrifice animals anymore because Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice once for all time. However, would you agree with me that the Ten Commandments are still good? So there's things in the Old Testament that still apply. There's other laws and things that don't. And the lives that you and I watch of those people that are given to us in the Old Testament point out to us a lot of good ways to live and to operate in trusting God. And so we learn from them and for what they do. They teach us important principles to live by. Well, I just don't understand it. One of my favorite quotes is by Mark Twain. It says this, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. (laughs) Don't focus on what you don't know. Live up to what you do know. And scripture is right. Always. Now, there is a um, shocking survey done this year by the Barna Corporation. Barna Corporation is one of the highest respected organizations in Christianity and in in the rest of the world in doing surveys. And here's what they found out. Only 5% of U.S. adults are Bible-centered. What that means is this. Only 5% says Scripture informs them of their life and their choices. 5%, I believe the Bible is true and I live my life according to what it says. Over 50%, nearly half, are Bible disengaged, which means the Bible has no impact whatsoever on my life. Over half of the U.S. population The Bible has nothing to do with how I live. Which means that there's 45% about that's left in a horrible place because here's what they think. I kind of believe the Bible, but I also see other things going on and I just kind of pick and choose. If the Bible says something I agree with, 
I'll follow it. But if I don't agree with it, and if my life experience doesn't line up with it, then I'll choose to believe this over here rather than by believing God's word. And I'll kind of do what I want to do. Yeah, I, I kind of got the Bible. It's kind of there, but it's not 100% accurate. It's not something that I think is relevant to today. And if my experiences show something different, I'll just choose to go with what I experience and what I want. Now that creates problems. Because we believe, the church believes, the Bible is God's word and God's truth. And if the Bible says it, that settles it. Okay, I'm going to need a handheld. Somebody will bring me one. You don't want to hear that crackling all morning, do you? Nor do I. All right. So it comes to that place where we realize, okay, uh, do I get to choose what I believe or do I line up my life with God's word? Let me just give you an example. Let's, let's just go to the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Okay, I don't believe in evolution. Why? Well, because the scripture says God created. God made it. It doesn't say earth kind of evolved. Well, pastor, science says there's evolution. You need to know the difference between good science and bad science. Good science says, I'll take the facts and then try from the facts to come up with a conclusion. Bad science says, I have a conclusion. Let me find a few facts that back it up. There's a world of difference between the two. And so no matter what you're taught in school, no matter what you read in a book, no matter what you hear on the news, no matter if you watch the Discovery Channel that tries to tell you something different in the History Channel and all of those, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God spoke and there was a Big Bang and the earth was created. Okay. That's just the way it happened. And so I believe God's word. I don't have to question anything else. I don't have to try, well, I don't know. I heard this over here. Yes, you did. But what does the Bible say? Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. God spoke it into existence. Now the world that you work in and you live in will look at you as crazy. But you and I stay true to God's word. Jesus believed in the Bible. In fact, you will find that he often quoted from it when he was given answers to questions that were posed to him to, by the Pharisees to try and trap him. And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 3, we see, 19, verse 3, we see this happening. The Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? Don't you know what the Bible says? 
they record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. Now that kind of settles that question for us, doesn't it? You don't get to choose God made you one way or the other. We didn't evolve. We don't get to choose our gender. From the beginning, God made them. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined by his wife, and the two are united into one, since they're no longer two, but one. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. God says, two become one. You need to stay one throughout your life. Well, pastor, uh, that hasn't happened in my life. Okay, but will you at least admit I was wrong? Okay, it's real quiet now. I thought it was okay, but it's not. I was wrong, but I serve a God who forgives me and lets me begin again. You'll have to work on that for a while, won't you? Thus, we make up what we believe to fit our circumstances, to fit our desires. And if it goes a little bit against the Bible, well, I still believe in the Bible. It's just that you don't understand what I've been through. The Bible's always true, and it doesn't adjust itself to accommodate us. When we live in a time when many people are saying things that go against God's word. It's old-fashioned. It's not relevant. Or here's one that just creates me the wrong. Well, that's hateful. That's hate speech. No, that's simply the Bible says something's sin, and it's sin. And that doesn't change to accommodate your, per- your circumstances in life. It's always true and always right. And if you have a problem with that, then you are not one of the 5% who let your life be controlled by what God's Word says. You just go your own way. You just believe what you want. Second Peter 1.20 Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from a prophet's own understanding. Anything that was written didn't come because men understood it. They wrote it, but they didn't understand what was being said. Or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Next verse begins chapter 2. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. Now, when it says among you, it doesn't have to mean from among here. It can, but it also means among the world we live in. They will clearly, cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. They'll teach it and deny Christ. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. And many, boy, I don't like that word. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. And Jesus said, in spite of that, 
I will build my church. And the gates of hell, whatever Satan tries to do, won't stop it. So you and I have to come to that place where we understand. If I choose to live by what the Bible says, people will make fun of me. People will mock me. People will say I'm out of touch. I'm out of date. Well, you know, that's not God. God's a God of love. Yes, he is. But he's also a God of justice. Well, where do you get that from? The Bible. Oh, that's just an old book. No, the Bible directs my life. I live according to what it says, not according to what I want it to say, and not according to what I want to manipulate it to say, and not according to when I agree with it. I live my life according to God's truth. And if you will do that, God will help you and give you wisdom. God's word is relevant. It is relevant and it is reliable today. You can build your life on it and count it. Secondly, God rules. God rules. Now, let me just put this in very practical terms. God's in charge and you're not. God's in control and you're not. The Bible teaches us that God rules over everything. He made it. He owns it. He controls it. Now, when we talk about God, the Bible teaches us there's one God, but he exists in three co-equal, co-eternal persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Well, pastor, I don't understand that. Well, get in line behind me. But you you and I just aren't... one person, technically. We have this body on the outside of us, don't we? That's a part of us. Some people think that's the most important part of us. But we also have something inside of us that's different, don't we? So we're not, we're one, but we're made up of different parts, aren't we? We have a mind, will, and emotion. It's called our soul. We have a spirit, an eternal part of us. And so we know that God is one in three parts. God the Son, In the beginning, the Word, Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Verse 10, he came in the very, to the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. Verse 14, the word became human, Jesus, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who himself is God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus' life on this earth. He reveals God to us. No one's ever seen him. And then there's God the Spirit. Genesis chapter 1, second verse in the Bible. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, 
was hovering over the surface of the waters. John chapter 4, God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Acts chapter 5, notice the interchangeable usage. Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to who? The Holy Spirit. And you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours or to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to, to give away. How could you do such a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Well, he just said he's lying to the Holy Spirit. Lying to God. Same. Second Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And because God made everything three in one, he controls everything. He's in charge. He makes up the rules. You and I do not. Now that raises up another issue. You notice it from the time you were born. Well, you didn't notice it then. I have a grandson, a little over a year, I can tell you right now, he thinks he's in charge. Now, for some people, they never grow out of that. They live their entire life thinking they're in charge. I'm in control. No, you're not. Well, it's my life. I can do with it what I want. No, it's not. God made you. He owns you. You're not your own. And so you and I come to that place where I have to admit and realize God's in control. Look at Isaiah 29, 16. How foolish can you be? He's the potter, and he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Should the created thing say of the one who made it, he didn't make me, does a jar ever say the potter who made me is stupid? Shouldn't. So... The government has an authority, but God's still in charge. I have a free will, but God's still in charge. God controls it all and rules over it all, and it's all his. He made it. He owns it. He has a right to it. And so you and I say, you know what? The scriptures can be trusted. They're true, and God's in control. That's what we believe. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, they know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. Look at a sunset. Look at a rainbow. Look at what he made. His eternal power, his divine nature, They have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, instead they became utter fools. If there is a description of the world that we live in, and especially the country that we live in, and what's going on today in our culture, it's this verse. We think we're so smart. We think we know it better. We don't. 
Instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. We choose to elevate animals above God. We choose to elevate our choice above God. Well, it's my body. I can choose to do with it what I want. No. Well, it's a woman's right to choose. No, it's not. God's still in control. And so you and I come to that place where we recognize God rules, and that is being challenged today because if God controls, that means I don't. And I'm not comfortable with that. Daniel was saved from the lion's den, and here's what the king said about him. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he will endure forever. And his kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lion's den. Wow, if God's that much in control, why didn't he do what I asked him to do? Because he's in control and you're not. You don't get to boss God around. You serve God. You don't control him. And so there's two key elements in what we believe that sets the church apart from everyone else. And these belief systems are being challenged in the world that we live in today. God's word is the truth. And it's reliable and you should build your life on it. And God is in control. Well, let me just take you back to the very beginning. God made a man and a woman, put them in a garden. One day Adam and Eve are going along and Satan shows up. And he begins to ask questions. And here's what he says to Eve. Did God say that? What's he doing? He's not questioning that God said something. He's just questioning what did he say? Oh, I don't question God says things. I just don't think it means that. Why? Well, because I believe this, because it lines up with the way I'm behaving. Oh, yeah, God said this and this. She said, no, no, that's not what God said. Yes, it is. God said, don't eat that. What's our question? Why? And Satan pursues it and goes, God's just holding out on you because he knows that if you eat that, you'll be like him. He knows that if you eat that, you'll know as much as he does. And isn't that a confusion of God's word and God's character, correct? And that's how Satan went after Adam and Eve to get them to sin. He questioned the word of God. God didn't really say that. 
he questioned God's character because Satan thought he was equal with God, didn't he? Adam and Eve, you eat that, God knows you'll have as much wisdom as him. Your eyes will be open. You'll see everything clearly. And he destroyed them and us because they didn't trust God's word and because they didn't believe God was in control. Jesus is building his church, but it's a people who believe in God's word and what it says and don't change it and don't water it down and don't add to it. And that God, the Trinity, is one and he is in control. So, Satan's biggest lie is, you know what? God didn't say that. God doesn't want what's best for you. God doesn't understand the day that we live in. God's just an old-fashioned thing. There's no consequences for what you do. God said just lies. Say, Pastor, what do I do about this? Well, I've given you a little checklist here. Let's go through it real quickly. I believe that God's word is reliable and that God rules. Now, if you believe that, there's four things you have to do. All right? Hello? Okay, I thought maybe it all went to sleep on me already or whatever. Okay? Number one, I am convinced of this. I am convinced that God's word is true, and I am convinced that God is in control. Now, if you're not convinced of that and you're going to question that, that creates a lot of problems in life. So there has to be a conviction, if you will. I'm convinced God's word is reliable, and I am convinced that God rules my life. And he has a right to do it. I'm convinced. Secondly, I am willing to let this control my life. If you believe that, then he needs to be in charge, correct? Then he should be in control. And thus, when I make a decision, I don't make the decision based on what is convenient for me. I don't make the decision based on what I want to be right. I don't make the decision based on what my experience says. I don't want my decision based on what everybody else is doing. I will make my decisions based on my belief in God's word and God's character and his nature. And I am willing to let him be in control. That means he gets to boss me around. That means he asks me to do things that I don't want to do. And when God tells me to forgive people, I forgive him. I don't begin to make excuses. I don't begin to look for a way out. It's what God says. Well, but I don't feel good about that. Don't live by your feelings. Number three, I will change anything in my life now that doesn't line up with this. And how do you change the things in your life? What are you believing now that doesn't line up with God's word? Nothing changes until you change how you think. So I will change anything in my life. What is it that I'm thinking wrong that is causing me to act in this way? I will change anything in my life that doesn't line up with what's right. 
And fourthly, I will commit myself to learning more about this. In other words, if you're going to live by God's word, you need to know God's word, don't you? That's good for you for being in church today. But you need to be in church a lot. Know God's word. Study it. Put it into place in your life. And so when we talk about the church, the church that Jesus Christ is going to build, that church has a belief system that lines up with God's word because God's word is the blueprint for life. And we believe God's word is always reliable. It's always right. And we believe that God is in control. And he is willing. So, simple question. What of this do you need to work at in your life today? What is it that the Holy Spirit's talking to you about right now? Maybe you're a person who's just kind of here, but you haven't really stepped across this line to believe in God, and maybe that's where you need to start because of what God's Word says and about what you know. Maybe you're a Christian here today, but you're one of those who, well, I like God's Word and I believe in it, but I don't always make my decisions based on it because I don't always like what it says and it doesn't always make it easy for me. And maybe you need to change that. So would you take a moment right now just between you and God and would you ask him to help you would you be honest with him and say God there's an area in my life that I know is not pleasing you and I need to admit to myself that it's wrong and I need to change how I'm thinking about it and line it up with your word would you do that right now just just bow your heads if you would God me and you here today here I am I'll change anything you want me to change You're in control. You do what's right. Your word I can trust no matter what the rest of the world says. You're the one who's in charge. Lord, we thank you today that there is a guide for our lives. We thank you today that there is a way for us to walk. For many people, they think they know the way, but they're just going their own way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but it ends in death. So would you help our lives to line up with you, your word, your character, your authority in our lives? We commit ourselves to you today and ask you to help us to live and let the Bible control our decisions and let you be in control of us. Thank you for showing us. Help us not to be like Adam and Eve who begin to question all of that and ended up going their own way and paying a heavy price for it. Help us to stay true to truth. We thank you for the life that we have in you today. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. 
If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.